Welcome to a little bit of Python, episode 7 on Unladen Swallow, with Brett Cannon, Steve Holden, Jesse Noller, Michael Ford, and myself, Andrew Cushling. So should we cover real fast uh, what Unladen Swallow is? Yes, oh, we, yeah, should. we should definitely do Unladen Swallow is a branch which started out as, I believe, a branch of the 2.6 code, may have been the 2.5 code. And what they're trying to do is to introduce selective speed-ups into the interpreter. So with it be the idea behind making it a branch was that it should be relatively easy to integrate, and the original intention was to integrate it back into the Python 2 series. So what they're doing is they're adopting just-in-time compiler technology, and I think they're targeting the LLVM virtual machine, which is uh, a virtual machine that's previously been used for other language systems and which, as I understand, just arrived at the stage where the LLVM compiler can compile itself now. It was something I seem to remember reading this week. But basically, oh, that was playing. Ah, right. Okay, that was a, an LLVM-based project. I beg your pardon. But anyway, it's it's technology that's currently actively being worked on. And the interesting thing is that the Unladen Swallow developers, whose work, by the way, has already been used inside Google because uh, most of the the original team were uh, Googlers. I think it was uh, Thomas Wouters and Colin Winter, wasn't it? Uh, so they're already putting the code into practical engineering use in Google, but they are now proposing to merge their results into Python 3, which has resulted in some very active conversations. It's very active. So, yeah, the original team was uh, Thomas Wooters, uh, Colin Winter, Jeffrey Askin, and then they've added a few people, um, Reed, Ru- uh, Reed who I believe is an LLVM a maintainer, if I'm not mistaken. So the team has definitely grown. And like Steve said, Unladen Swallow made a big of, a bit of a splash at last year's PyCon in 2009 by basically walking into the, uh, the uh, Virtual Machine Summit and saying, we have branched Python 2.6 and YouTube is now using it. So it's been in production use off and on uh, inside of Google for some time. And if you check the mailing list archives for Unlane Swallow, you can see that other uh, people and companies have actually been putting it uh, to actual use uh, since the project has started. Now, some people's response to Unladen Python, Unladen Swallow, has been to treat it like snake oil, I think would be a fair summary. (laughs) Because they've seen early results where the, I suppose the execution time benchmarks have been, shall we say, indecisive, although certain benchmarks have definitely reported speed up. But I think some people have focused on the uh, much larger memory requirements of the interpreters using the, the branch code. When the Unladen Swallow guys started and, and they announced that they were integrating a just-in-time compiler into Python, which is very sexy technology, and everyone wants a just-in-time compiler into in Python, and, and they said, our goal is to get Python five times faster. And then I think they found that the, the LLVM, the parts of the LLVM that they were using were actually parts that weren't much, although the LLVM is, is used massively, it's, it's used by Apple, and the Apple-sponsored development of a lot of it. Those parts weren't, the parts that the Unladen Swallow guys were using weren't used quite so well and weren't as quite in as good a shape as they thought. So yeah. the, pro- the pro- proposal they've come to the table with, it, 
Well, let's say it's not certainly not showing a five times in, uh, performance improvement on most of the benchmarks. So some people are quite disappointed. But um, as I think will come out in, in, in the conversation, that um, the proposal that they've just that they've put on the table um, is very much the start of making Python much faster. It's technology that really paves the way for us getting a much faster Python. The key thing is, as Michael said, it paves the way. They've made sure from the beginning that the design was such that it was extensible and easy to build on top of. So a a big part of Unleashed Swallow was to get some initial speedups, yes, but also to build the foundation needed to continue to improve the performance as time goes on and people get new ideas on how to speed things up and add things, et cetera, et cetera. It really is, really is a foundation. Yeah. There are a few things that are controversial about the... The, the proposal. I mean, the first one is that the PEP 3146, which was announced very recently, merging Unladen Swallow back into CPython. So this is, is happening soon. That's the idea. How soon is anyone's guess? But the things are, first of all, they're targeting Python 3 and not Python, uh, Python 2.6. The memory use is, is a lot higher. The startup time is slower. The binaries are bigger. We're going to have C++ in the code base in the Python, C Python code base for the first time. Um, so it's not an uncontroversial proposal. On the other well, hand, it is important that we bring these issues onto the table and talk about them. How much larger memory usage is unacceptable, for example? Or how big an improvement does there need to be for it to be worthwhile? And can we come to does, a consensus on that? But does memory usage matter if you can turn it off? I think Java's proven memory memory usage is not a big issue for a lot of people. <laughs> and also, I, I think the reaction from Python Dev has led the Unladen Swallow developers to take a second look at their code and to find omissions. So, for example, when you turn off the JIT, they realize that they were still initializing all of the JIT data structures, even though they're never actually used. <laughs> and so the, the memory usage is therefore a bit artificially high when you're not using the JIT at all. And I'm sure there are going to be other minor bugs of this sort that will turn up. Well, and that's kind of the point of proposing it inside of the PEP is to kind of scroll these things out. No one, I don't think anyone involved or talking to Colin or anyone, anyone at all was under the impression this would just be a, you know, oh, look, we're going to merge it done. Um, There's certain things, there's certain requirements that have to be met. I mean, Colin and the rest of the Unlin Swallow guys have done exactly what Andrew was saying, which is, oh, you know, we've proposed the PEP. We've gotten feedback like we have to be able to completely disable this if we don't want this. And they've gone out of their way to kind of say, you know, we're going to go back. We're going to fix these bugs. We're going to make memory usage better. We're going to decrease the binary size. And a lot of these have actually been bugs. So um, and it's also important to note that. The way the PEP is structured is the first thing is going. The first thing that would happen is that they would basically be merged into the Python subversion or Mercurial tree, whichever comes first, and they would have their own private branch. At which point, more bugs would be uh, kind of fixed and scrolled out, you know, and resolved. And then eventually, once those bugs are fixed, and once it has met, you know, the high standards that Python Core does have it would be merged into Pi 3. So it's not, it's not, you know, it's not a shoe in It's not going to happen overnight. 
but it, it's really setting the foundation for a much faster Python in the future. And also, I mean, to Michael's point, we will have C++ in the code base. However, you don't need to use it. So while it's there, uh, it's important to remember that LLVM and Unlatent Swallow work on the bytecode level. So developers who want to add features to Python won't actually need to work within the constraints that Unlatent Swallow adds or work within C++. They will be able to work on the same interpreter they know and they love later on if they choose to add the optimizations in C++ inside of the Unlatent Swallow JIT system. So you're saying that it's it's actually going to be fairly effectively ring-fenced as far as other developers are concerned? As far as I'm aware, yes. That's good. The Python's <laughs> API would continue to be pure C functions and C header files. As far as I'm aware, yes. Now, I could be wrong. Uh, the rela- The relationship isn't always clear, but you will be able to write and add features to the language in regular old C and then later optimize them uh, using P++ and Unlane Swallow's uh, work. That, that's, def- that's definitely true. The only issue is that as um, if you're using the version of Python, if you're linking against the version of Python that uses unla- um, the Unlane Swallow parts, then there may be issues around using two different C++ runtimes because that can cause issues in some projects. But by default, it's not going to change the way you develop. But I think um, there is going to be some careful consideration about how is this going to affect C++ projects that currently embed Python, who might want to um, who might want to embed the, the version that includes Unladen Swallow. And I think on, on a lot of platforms, that's not a problem because you'll just be able to use the same version of the C++ um, runtime to um, compile the whole thing. But I think it may be an issue on some of the more obscure platforms. And it will uh, run on Windows. <laughs> yeah, that, that was an issue um, a while ago. The, the LLVM didn't, project itself didn't have many Windows de- uh, developers, although they, they claimed support for Windows. It wasn't very well tested. But the, the Unladen Swallow guys have said, look, with the, the current code we've got, um, with all the fixes that we've pushed back in, into the LLVM, all the changes we've made, um, all of the Python tests and all of the Unladen Swallow tests all pass on Windows. So Windows support with Unladen Swallow is currently good, which is good news. On, on the C++ note, there's actually a section inside of the PEP set called uh, the addition of C++ to CPython. And it's just really briefly highlights, it says, ease of use of LLVM's full, powerful code generation and related APIs, convenient abstract data structures to simplify code, and the C++ is limited to to a relatively small corner or corners of the C++ code base. Um, And then it says, of course, the lowlights. A C++ style guide would have to be developed and enforced, and developers must know two related languages, C and C++, to work on the full range of CPython's internals. So it is going to be sandboxed pretty well. Yeah, it does make more demands of, of a developer who wants to integrate fully with, with Python then, doesn't it? I mean, it, it brings some interesting questions out about just how important execution speed is. I know, for example, there are some some people who work in the financial world where their predictive algorithms, you know, speed is absolutely everything, and they they will quite happily expend huge amounts of money on on extremely fast software, extremely fast hardware, 
to get the maximum out of it. And obviously they're going to be quite happy about paying for uh, increased speed with additional memory. But that's not everyone, of course. And the problem that the developers have is trying to strike a compromise that's suitable for everybody. That's happy. You know, keeps everyone happy. Well, and that's why we have the flags to be able to disable it, right? I mean, it's it's being able to get it out of your way when you don't need it is going to be just as critical as having it when you do. Yeah, I think it's important to keep in perspective that the lean swallow speed-ups are not going to be for everyone. As it's obviously been said, there's memory pressure, there's speed-up cost. I think it's going to be just something kind of like Java is on the server. It's something for those long-running processes where over time, the amortized upfront cost is going to be completely blown away by the long-term speed-up. But for stuff when you're launching like some command line tool in Python, it's not going to be the version you're going to want to use. Bingo. I think there are a lot of people who do care about Python performance, though. And as you can tell by interest in projects like Psycho and, and why people are so excited by um, by Unladen Swallow, I think there are a lot of people who want Python to run faster and, and they're, who... There are projects where they don't or can't use Python that they would like to use it for. Sure. At the same time, if if the interpreter startup takes a lot longer, then people who typically run short scripts um, end up paying a penalty for that. But like I was saying, it's it's important for those short-lived, you know, one-off scripts. You can just pass the flag that says "Don't enable the JIT." Uh, but for those of us who are running on longer-running server processes. This is pretty much a very large boon for us, um, especially in the web app space where a lot of your processes may be extremely long-lived. And, you know, just dealing with network daemons where you'll have something that hopefully, fingers crossed, will run for maybe years. And the Unladen Swallow developers are aware that there are people who care a lot about startup time. And one of the more impressive things about their project is they've done a lot of work on benchmarking. For the case of startup, they actually have a full set of tools that they try. Like, for example, I think they're using Mercurial and Bazaar as tests. So how how long does it take to fire up a Bazaar process and print a help message? The resulting set of benchmark tools is, I think, going to be really useful for other applications in future as well. I, it's already it's already very useful. The Iron Python guys uh, are just starting to use the Unladen Swallow performance benchmarking tools, and the PyPy guys are already using them because a lot of the other Python benchmarks that we have are all micro benchmarks, which don't tell you very much about actual application performance. And the the Unladen Swallow benchmarks or sort of real world this is the sort of thing you really do with your python code i mean they're focused on the things google does with their python code which is stuff like uh, django templating and and that kind of stuff but it's it's a decent set of real world um, performance benchmarks which is is a great thing to have for listeners who want more information about this i strongly suggest going to read the pep pep number 3146 because it's a really interesting document. They talk about the original rationale for the project and their history and how the project got deflected into fixing bugs in LLVM and in improving the ability to debug and profile jitted code. And it lays out a lot of the issues being faced here. 
this this is my favorite bit from the pep it says we explicitly reject any suggestion that our ideas are original we've sought to reuse the published work of other researchers wherever possible if we've done any original work it is by accident <laughs> and people have said similar things about python that it, it's not a research language that innovates it consolidates features I think yep. if, you're looking, yeah. if you're looking for that kind of innovation, then PyPy is the place to go because they're, they're really trying to do innovative new stuff, particularly on the JIT front. And it'll be nice when Python has two good, working, fast, efficient JITs. My final thoughts on that are Colin and the rest of the Unlane Swallow team have been very, very pragmatic, which is you know one of the great things about the Python community. It's always very pragmatic about the features we add, what we do, how we approach things. I mean, real-world benchmarks, you know, what can we accomplish, you know, what can we do rationally and, you know, keep things working. And, I mean, much like Andrew said, read the PEP, read the discussion on Python Dev because it's very, very grounded in, you know, re solving real problems and not, you know, doing some sort of bizarre architectural astronaut. We're going to create something all new and all-knowing. Um, it's very much grounded in pragmatically what can we do to speed python up now i mean we've talked a lot about the the problems with um that unladen swallow faces and that it's in the process of overcoming but i think the future for it, it is very bright they're already showing uh, you know at least 50 percent performance improvement on a lot of those those benchmarks almost twice as fast on some of them and there's a lot of stuff that they're not doing yet uh, they're not unboxing the the primitive types like integers and floats. So, I mean, there's an obvious big improvement to be had when they start looking at these kind of optimizations. They're not yet doing tracing. Um, one one possibility that's been talked about is taking the the, the jitted um, the, the, the native code that's generated and actually possibly being able to save that out separately as a, as a DLL or as an SO file, so that you you can um, you can basically take pre-jitted code. And, and as we start to look at those performance, those sort of optimizations, none of which are, are massively innovative, they've all been, been done on other platforms, so they're all well within the bounds of possibility. But there's all sorts of interesting uh, things that could happen in the future. If you're thinking about Unladen Swallow, I mean, like we said, like we said in the beginning, this is a foundation for a much, much faster Python. They've only touched the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the optimizations they can do. And as time goes by, we're just going to keep adding or they they and all of us in Python core are going to learn and we're going to keep adding optimizations. It can only get faster. So, I, I mean, I guess that the, the VM summit and the language summit coming up at PyCon are one of the places this is going to be discussed in detail. But do we have any idea, any rough framework of the sort of timeframes we're looking at? Are they talking about getting it into Python 3.2 or Python 3.3? I don't know off the top of my head of which which exact version they're targeting. The merge pep has to be accepted, yeah, and then we have to jump in the air at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. I suspect the pep's going to be accepted personally. I mean, the the Unleashed Wild guys have pretty much addressed most of the issues and have made it clear that if you compile if you compile Python without the L, the JIT support, it will be pure C and that basically it's an opt-in <coughs> solution. If you opt out, it's not going to in any way impact your system. So honestly, I'm not seeing it as a, in any way negative. So I suspect it'll get in. It's just a question of 
how many people use it and who really gets into trying to add new speed features compared to adding new language features and just how that kind of plays out. But I see it happening personally. The great thing is, is we get their developers. Uh, everybody, everybody involved in LL and not LLVM, but everybody involved in Unlean Swallow comes to Python Core for free, which is, you know, in my in my book, you know, the more the merrier. And the schedule for Python three two calls for the first beta release in September twenty ten. It might be a little tight, but it, it it seems at least feasible to envision this going into Python three point two. I've so, talked to Colin, and he seems pretty positive that it will actually happen. I mean, I think the guys get to spend time to do it as part as their job at Google once it gets accepted. So I, just, I think they're going to start fairly soon, and then they should actually be able to get it done, I think. I have faith. Great, so the future is bright. This has been A Little Bit of Python, Episode 7. Brett Cannon, Michael Ford, Steve Holden, Jesse Noller, and myself, Andrew Cushling. Please send your comments and suggestions to the email address all at bitofpython.com. Our theme is track 11 from the Headroom Project's album Haifa, available on the Magnitude label. Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.